You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. Well, hello, Queen City Church family. This is Andy Squires here, and I'm uh, sitting once again in our sanctuary with Pastor Robin McMillan, and we are... uh, Hello, hello. We're getting ready to... (laughs) talk about a few things that might be of interest to you. And uh, it's obviously a strange time. We're living in strange days and everybody is navigating, trying to figure things out. So Robin and I just thought we would get together again and talk through some of the things that the Lord has been speaking to us. And, uh, you know, a lot of questions have come up. Obviously, you know, we're dealing with a lot of um, uncertainty in our minds and we're dealing with a lot of, uh, well, we're all facing a moment that nobody could have imagined three or four weeks ago. And so, um, but one of the things that I've been thinking about lately is that in all of our unknowing, the Lord really does know how to help us through this time. There's um, one of my prayers that I've been praying has been that wisdom, grace, and faith would be yeah, active in our lives. And so yeah. um, so we want to just say welcome to you all. Welcome, welcome. And uh, Robin, how, how have things been going for you guys over at the McMillan House? Well, you know, um, I have had a significant gift of grace that's come as peace. Mm. I've spent most of the time um, not being extremely worried, uh, really pretty peaceful. Mm. Um, As you and I were talking the other day, um, you know, at different times in my life, I've had remarkable faith. Mm -hmm. I could say I've had more faith than, say, some other people. And then there have been other times in my life where, Man, I felt like my life was turned upside down. Yes. And I also thought even about Simon Peter, one moment he's got some kind of faith to try to physically protect Jesus. Yeah. And then within hours, he's he's denying the Lord. I never knew him, oaths and curses. So mm-hmm. um, I had one particularly troubling night, and I was mentioned this earlier, and the wonderful thing is, the way the Lord will speak to me sometimes he'll show me these little glimpses or visions or pictures. And as I was wrestling through thinking about, uh, our church family, how, Mm. uh, how they're doing, I thought about our staff, Mm -hmm. um, our overhead, you know, all the kind of things that everybody thinks about depending on what they're responsible for. Yeah. And I would wrestle through that and, uh, feel challenged Mm. and concerned and worried. Mm. And the Lord on three different occasions, as I was processing my thoughts, showed me a picture of my grandfather's porch. Mm. I hadn't thought about that in years. He's been, he's been dead since the seventies and I haven't even been down there in probably 15 years, Mm -hmm. but that was the place, the screen porch, you know, they didn't have air conditioning. That was the place where he would go out and rest. Mm. That was his relaxing place. That was his uh, refreshing place. Yeah. And by sort of um, interpretation, I would understand that was my grandfather, but we have a grand 
Father, our Father yeah. in heaven. Yeah. And it's like he was saying, son, just slow your roll there. Come on out here. And yeah. Let's sit down on the porch together and, and, and take it easy. That's so, so good. That, that helped, you know. Um, but for the most part, I've been pretty, pretty, pretty peaceful. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, when you were telling me the story earlier, you mentioned your granddad sitting on the porch, reading his paper, drinking his coffee. And I just, I think thinking back over my life, that's, that's been a real place of rest in my life too. And so that, that image really struck me when you said that it's yeah, such, and, such a gift of a prophetic image that the Lord gave well, and you. It, I saw it three separate times. It's like, um, are you getting this? Yeah. This is what I want for you. Yeah. And I have two um, sort of long-term words that I felt like the, ga- the Lord gave us for the decade, mm. let's say for the decade. And the first word the Lord had given me prophetically was stay the course, mm-hmm. keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And the second word the Lord gave me was you have nothing to fear. Yeah. Well, you know, that was weeks before the, uh, the coronavirus. Mm. So, um, ha- having, uh, a relationship with the Lord where you actually hear both from the scripture and mm-hmm. subjectively, mm-hmm. um, is, is just can be a great, great comfort. Yes. Uh, ha- having known the Lord for many, many years, I can honestly say, his voice to me has never been harsh. It's never been angry and it's never been critical, mm. even when I would deserve it. Yeah. Because that's who he is. Amen. You see. And so when we're hearing angry, critical, hostile, condemning voices, that's not your dad talking to you. That's something else. Mm. So, mm. uh, Amen. don't, don't fall for that. Well, I appreciate that you mentioned the apostle Peter earlier. Um, it makes me think of a couple things. Uh, one thing that you and I were discussing earlier in the week was how how complex we are as human beings. Yes. And and I, I'm actually so grateful that the scriptures are very honest in their telling because when we oh, look yeah. at Peter, it really is like mountain high, valley low in, in the span of just a matter of days. Like you mentioned earlier, one day he's just got all kinds of faith and vigor. And the next day he's just crumbling under literally in defeat. Yeah. Literally the next day. And so, so one of the things that I would love it for us to talk about today is that, um, sometimes I've heard, I've heard communicated across the airwaves, you know, from folks in the church where, a lot of times we kind of position this faith versus fear thing where it's, we kind of, we can kind of get this idea that it's like, man, we're just always in faith 100% of the time or else we're just, we're losing the battle. And, and, uh, I, I, I guess what I want to start with is the the first question you and I have been sharing questions back and forth just to keep ourselves on track. Haven't we Robin? And so one of the things that I would like to talk about first is, um, this, this strange moment that we're in, there are many opinions flying around. They're vying for our attention. 
There's a lot of things that want to uh, either get us on their side or distract us in one way or another. Let me ask you, what are you being anchored by? What is the Lord saying to you that keeps your heart rooted and grounded in what Romans, the book of Romans would describe as the, the, in the hope that would, will not disappoint. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. You know, as I've thought through this, we've had a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several things I'd like to, to respond, um, with one of them is there are a lot of different voices vying mm. for our attention. Mm. And, um, well, the scripture says that faith comes by hearing. Well, fear does too. Wow. Fear comes by hearing. And so my, my appeal would be to listen to as little fear-based information as you can. Interesting. Because um, what you feed on, that's what's going to have the most effect and the most, most influence. Because faith comes by hearing. Um, and then the rest of that, as far as the positive side, it says, and, uh, hearing by the word of God. Mm, so, mm. um, I think it's really important. And man, fear sells press, fear sells ads. Mm-hmm. People are drawn to it, but, uh, we have to be, we have to be, uh, real, real careful. But if you fill up on the wrong thing, you'll have an inordinate fear. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, fear. They're good and bad ones, but we should never be afraid of what's going on in our lives. But we should always, and you and I have talked about this, just because, let's say you're a fearless person, you still need to exercise prudence and wisdom. Amen. Um, uh, So I I think that's real important. But when when you're asking me, and I'm, I'm sort of Johnny One Note in some regards, what uh, what secures me? What anchors mm-hmm. me? I could say it's the scripture. Mm. I could say it's the grace gift, and mm. I really want to emphasize that mm. uh, this grace gift of peace. Jesus said, "My peace I give you. My peace I leave to you." Mm. It's a gift. We can actually say, "Lord, give me that gift." Yeah, we can't earn it. Yeah, we can't double talk Bible verses to get it. He mm-hmm. just will give it give it to us. And I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, a good, a good measure of that. Um, my experience over the years as a believer, you know, people in my church and, and you and I, you've heard a number of, uh, of my, uh, testimonies. And so testimony, you know, I go back and think through some of the things God has, uh, done for Donna and I, and mm-hmm. I thought about this in, in the, in the context of worry, Jesus makes this point um, because there's a process in, in engaging yourself into excess anxiety. Mm. Jesus said, therefore, do not worry, saying, that really stood out to me, what shall we eat, what wow. shall we drink, what shall we wear? Mm. Um, because there really is a biblical process that connects both positively and negatively your belief structure and your proclamation. Yeah. Um, with the heart, man believes under righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Well, mm. with the heart, man believes the world's coming to an end. And with his mouth, he reaffirms and begins to bear the weight of excess, inordinate 
mm-hmm. anxiety. So interesting, interesting. Be a couple of couple of things I've thought about. So, so what you're saying is that that the thing that has kept you anchored and rooted in hope is not feasting on all of the anxious voices that are coming at us, yes. but really feasting on the word of God, the voice of the Lord in your own life, yes. l- listening to that more than the o- those other voices. That's yes. so important. Because when the Lord speaks to you, one of the characteristics of him having spoken to you is peace. Mm. And one of the characteristics of not hearing accurate truth on any level is disturbance or lack of peace. So it's a little bit of a, a sort of an umpire. Yeah. Our peace could be called like an umpire to know when we're actually believing something accurately or we're not. That's so good. So good. Well, um, just going along this line, I and I mentioned this already before, but I've heard a few, quite a few preachers, um, you know, well-meaning people, uh, you know, doing their best to help folks navigate through this time. Um, I, I've, I've heard some folks say that, that you don't need to fear catching this virus because fear is not our inheritance. And right. I, I do right. believe that I really do. But, but I got to thinking this thought that Christians are subject to the law of gravity for the most part, you know, unless <laughs> you're walking on water or something like that. But for the most part, we're subject to that law. And we make choices based on knowing that that law applies to us. Yeah. It's not a lack of faith that keeps us from jumping off cliffs, right? I mean, right. we know that if you walk off a cliff, you will fall. Um, so to me, that is kind of screaming Yes, there is faith to walk through this world and there's wisdom. There's kind of this acknowledgement that there's this reality that we must adhere to, to some degree. Um, So let me ask you this question, Robin. What does real faith look like in the life of someone who is serious about actively walking in faith and following Jesus? Well, as I was just just this moment, it struck me, okay, we talked about Peter. Mm-hmm. What does real faith look like in Peter's life? Well, it looked like this bold man who protected Jesus with a sword. But I got to thinking, you know, even when Peter was denying the Lord, he was still down there trying to get near him. Wow. So even in his failure, yeah. there was still a measure of faith not many of the other even apostles had. Right. That's just to... to and so the point I want to make is um, we we may be in like pass-fail situations with the Lord sometime. Mm-hmm. I remember a friend of mine told me something I went through a while back, and uh, he was giving me a hard time. He said, well, you failed that test. I said, yeah, but it was a high, it was a high F. Yeah. You, you grade all my stuff together, and I'm still going to be like a C or B minus. Yeah, come on. Yeah, in other words, don't cast away your confidence just because you – Wake up one morning and you're tanking. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. But even Peter, when he failed, was in faith. He just certainly mm. did, didn't feel like it. And so when you say, what does real faith look like? Well, it, it looks like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you read the, uh, 
Roman, or Hebrews 11, which is mm-hmm. called the Hall of Fame of Faith in the yeah. Sky. All of these, all of these people in it, well, some of them subdued kingdoms, some of them um, raised the dead, mm-hmm. but then others um, were tortured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, others uh, had trials of mockings and scourgings, imprisonments. Some were cut in half with a saw. Yeah. Some were tempted, slain by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Mm-hmm. And God said about them, and the world was not worthy of them. Wow. Meaning your circumstance, whether you come out as an apparent victor or not, mm. isn't the issue. Right. It's what really does go on between you and the Lord. Wow. Lord That's in your heart. so good. Yeah. And so here's another thing I was thinking about, though. Um, our perspective. Donna looked this up um, about how many people are uh, have so far been infected with the COVID virus, mm. COVID nineteen, mm. in the U.S. And if you, um, it's basically two out of ten thousand. Mm. Two out of 10,000. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that to diminish the seriousness of what can happen to someone. Mm-hmm. But I am saying, let's put this into perspective. Yeah. You know, this is not necessarily this huge beast that's going to swallow us alive. Right. And even worldwide, if you look at the worldwide population, is four out of every 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. And I think in Mecklenburg County, we were looking at this um it's two out of 10,000 right mm. here where we live. Mm. So that puts it in a perspective that's, you can, you can, you can go, Oh, okay. I need to be careful, but this is not literally around every single, every single corner getting ready to jump on me. Mm. Now, social distancing. Yes. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Yes. All of those things we mm-hmm. really, really do need to do. But here's another thing I thought about, Andy. There are levels of faith, right? Different people have different levels of faith. Um, the thing that really struck me, though, about the Lord Jesus, there's this picture of him in Isaiah 42 where we, we read, a bruised reed he will not break and smoking flax he will not quench. And what that means is he is kind mm. to wherever you are. Yeah. Weak or not. Yes. Yes. And, and that bruised reed means it's already half cracked. He's not going to crack it off. Mm-hmm. And the smoking flax means it's barely lit. Maybe your faith is just smoking. Yeah. Here's what Jesus will do. He'll blow on it, not stamp it out because he's upset with your love. Right, right. Yeah. And I know that there have been times I have done things because I had bigger faith than some of the people around me. I think about when I left my job for the ministry. I had a very close friend says, you're making a serious mistake. Well, I just was serving the Lord. Yes. That's my heart. Yes. Then there have been other times where I've had people say, man, what's the matter with you? So where's your faith? Yeah. So we're, we're, we're really works in progress, but we should neither condemn great faith or little faith. Actually, Romans 14, one, receive him who's weak in the faith without doubtful disputations. Mm. Yeah. And so, so we, it's, we're all at different places. Well, when we were talking on the phone the other day, you said this thing that really helped me. You said, Andy, 
when it comes to faith, we all have an Achilles heel. And I was like, oh man, that, oh, yeah. that sounds like it's, it sounds like a terrible reality to know, but it's actually so freeing when you realize that, uh, there's some weak link in your chain and that the Lord knows that. And he's exactly. not, he's not mystified by it. And he's not, he's not worried that we're not getting it right 100% of the time. And I think of a life of active faith, not, not in what I'm accomplishing or not accomplishing today, but really over the course of my whole life, am I, am I continuing my pursuit of, of listening to the Lord, trying to understand what he's saying, right. knowing that I'm going to get it right sometimes and miss it other times, but that there is that relational aspect. And we, we talked about that the last time that you and I were together, that we're not really, when we talk about the Bible, we're not just talking about these words on a page. We're talking about this living relationship. Yes. I get yes. a, I've gotten a lot of questions from people on social media in this season who are, who are asking me about, um, you know, the, the whys of all of this going on. And, right. and I don't really necessarily know the whys or the mechanics of all of that. But what mm. I've really discovered is that more than anything, the God that we serve is a relational God and he really is wanting to relate to us in this moment. Exactly. In, yes. in, in, in whatever moment, condition we find ourselves, whether we've got that great feeling of mountaintop faith or man, if we're down in that valley where we right. just, our confession is, gosh, I don't even feel you right now, Lord. Like either way, the Lord is wanting to relate to us in, in whatever condition that we find ourselves in. And I'm really, I'm thankful for that because that's what grace is. That's right. what, that's oh, what yeah. grace looks like, isn't it? One of the things I talked to Donna about, um, well, first of all, I don't have all the answers. Mm. It's, it's, it's important to say that. Yeah. We have perspectives. We have history. We have resources, but um, we can't answer all these questions perfectly. Yeah. But one thing was, first of all, I do not believe the Lord sent the COVID virus. Yeah. I don't believe God's that way. Yeah, I amen. believe it's part of fallen humanity, mm. just... Um, Without going into too too much theology, we're in a fallen world. Yeah, but um, one thing we should realize is that good can come out of this. Mm. This is a trial, and when yeah. I say good, what 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 I mean? Well, it will bring light for each of us as to our true strengths and weaknesses. Mm. See, situations like this sort of break you down into the common denominator of who you are and how you what you really are. Yeah without all the props and, yeah. and things. And that's a good thing because it can show us what we need to build up, mm. where we're weak in our faith, where we're weak in our relationships, where we're weak, weak with the Lord. And um, it can show, see, Jesus said if we heard his words and did his words, we would be building a house on a foundation that could not be shaken. Well, there's a verse in the book of Hebrews that says, once again, God will shake everything that can be shaken until the only thing 
unshakable to stand on will be the kingdom of God. Wow. And so this could actually be a mercy call. Yes. This could actually say, God's saying to us, look at your foundation. Are you properly related to me? Wow. Do we have major issues settled? Yes. Um, how are you with other people? Mm. Um, how are your relationships? So it could, it wasn't a gift from God, but we can get a gift out of it. Well, I would say that he does make all things work together, Romans right? Eight, yes, yes. Exactly. I mean, he, he, he takes the worst, worst situations and turns them into some type of redemptive process in our lives. Wow. That is a, just an incredible thought to have. Um, let, let me, we, we want to kind of keep this, uh, lengthwise on the shorter side. Yeah. And so you, you and I have got a few more questions, but we're not going to get to them all and we're going to probably save them for next week. Um, but one of the things that you, you and Donna both talk about a lot, Robin, is your own testimony yeah. of how God has helped you in your own life. So you have this history that's filled with moments where the Lord led you out of the proverbial land of Egypt into right. your own promised right. land, right? So what are some of the things that you found out about the way the Lord works? And I mean, I, I can imagine that his deliverance doesn't always happen when we think it should. How does a person stay encouraged when they feel the weight of their actual circumstances? Well, um, I know that's a lot. I gave you a lot there, but yeah, so let me, let me <laughs> break it down a little bit. Yeah. I don't want this to be liver. The more I chew it, the bigger it gets. But, uh, um, I suddenly, I just remembered, um, a time when Donna and I, our testimonies help us so much. Yes. We just think back to how the Lord met us, but it was, it was, uh, it was ugly. Mm-hmm. It was not textbook blessing. Right. For instance, um, I had a relative pass away and turned out I was due to get, I don't know, forty, fifty thousand dollars mm-hmm. dollars And it was right about the time I left my job for ministry, when mm-hmm. I left my job for ministry. Um, and I tell these testimonies over and over, sort of like the Apostle Paul. Yeah. His testimony of the Damascus Road shows up three times in the book of Acts. He mm-hmm. always tells that because some of these testimonies, they're Ebenezer's. And mm-hmm. Ebenezer was a rock. Samuel planted after God delivered them for the, from the Philistines. Yep. And they stayed delivered the rest of Samuel's life, which Come was on. 40 some odd years yes. plus. Mm-hmm. And so we have these Ebenezers, these testimonies that we always go back to because they were watershed testimonies. Wow. They, they were life changing. We don't ever have to go back any further than that. Yeah. Because we know God in our lives. Yes. And so I had heard I was going to get this uh, inheritance, and I thought, oh, this makes perfect sense. We'll, we'll go into the ministry. I'll get that inheritance. It'll mm-hmm. give us money to live on mm-hmm. until we figure out what we're doing. And the exact opposite happened. Wow. We were 15000 in the hole. I didn't know how I was going to make it. Wow. I inherited a little church. Our little church was getting maybe 1500 bucks in a month and we mm. had thousand dollar obligation to a missionary. Yeah. Then we paid for the building and whatever's left out of the 500 I got as a salary. Wow. So I was 
traveling to preach and do the church. And I, I told the Lord, um, I'm not going to make it if you don't give me better places to preach. And he mm. said, you're not going to make it if you don't go back and stick with that church. Mm. I said, well, what, what am I going to do? He said, tell them not to come if they don't want to come. Tell them not to give if they don't want to give. Mm. But teach them what the Bible says. Mm. And I said, Lord, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm going to, we're going to do what? Imagine that, the Lord telling you to do something crazy. <laughs> Well, he said, well, the people that don't want to be there that feel obligated will, will reproduce to other people that aren't happy. There. Sure. And you need to free people to be generous, not obligate them mm. to support you. So simply tell them what the Bible says. And you know, the classic reaping and sowing and generosity. Yeah. And first fruits and all of that. And so within a short months, everything had begun. Yeah. Done to turn around. But yeah. I never got that, uh, inheritance till much, much later. Wow. And so I said, Lord, why did you just hang me out to dry mm. here? And he said, it's because you would have spent that money and still not learned the lessons of faith that you needed to do everything I've called you into for the rest of your life. Wow. And I went, Oh, okay. Yeah. I get it. So the Lord's constantly calling us into greater levels of actually trusting him with our lives. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, so this, this question, um, I, I've, I've had, I've had moments in my life where I, I didn't have any money. Uh, I, I would even be vulnerable enough to say that I, I've never been, I've never been close to starving, but I, I've had moments where I was going to, I was wondering where money for groceries was going to come from yeah. to feed my family. So I've had moments like that in my life. I know you've had moments like that in your yeah. life. So what we're really talking about is there, there are folks maybe listening to this or at least folks in our community somewhere where there are serious issues of, of food, shelter, loss of job. I mean, Right. Just all kinds of stuff going on right now. And we don't want to pretend like that stuff is not happening. Yeah. And, and obviously there is a sense where God is calling us as members of the body of Christ to be aware of folks yes. that are in need. And we want to be good neighbors and we want to be helpful to folks that are needing help. But I, I would say that there's probably folks that are going to hear this podcast who find themselves in a situation where they are experiencing really, really hard times. And so yeah. I want to ask you, Robin, how does that person stay encouraged when they feel the weight of their actual circumstances? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Maybe, maybe they're, more answers than we know. Okay. Because God's big. Yeah. Um, here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to talk, I wanted to read a verse out of Romans 8 about the love of God because I think when you're in a place like that, you, you have to, you really just, just here again, you just have to trust the Lord. Mm. I think and ask for help too. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with reaching out and asking people to help you if yep. you're just 
you know, yep. in, in, a, in, a, in a really bad way. But one of the things that um, I wanted to read was out of Romans 8, and I'm reading this in the, um, the Passion Translation. Who is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he's continually praying for our triumph? Now, a lot of what happens to people is when they're in a mess is their heart condemns them. Mm. And so they got something working against them they don't have to have working against them. God's not condemning you. Mm. That's not his heart. Yeah. Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations? There's Mm, one. mm. Dangers and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love, even though it is written. And here's what is written. All day long we face death threats. For your sake, God, we're considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet, even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all, for God has made us to be more than conquerors and has demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. But here's what has to happen. Paul said, I'm convinced Mm. that this love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, dark rulers in the heavens. There's nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. I had this thing uh, when I was writing my book, Harbinger of Hope, about faith, hope, and love. You know, the big three. Well, here's what faith does. Faith says, I have it now, even when you don't have it. Hope says, I don't have it now, but I know it must be on the way. Mm-hmm. But love says, even if absolutely everything falls apart, I know God still really loves me. Yes. And yes. so those are the big three. And so yeah. everybody at some point in their life finds them, man, I'm so confident as far as I'm concerned, my solution's already on the way. I'll have it. I have mm-hmm. it now by faith. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a little nerve wracking to people that don't walk in that. Mm-hmm. But then there's hope. There's like three sisters. Hope says, I know things will work out. I just don't know how or when. Mm -hmm. Love says, whether they work out or not, God loves me. I'm in. Yeah. That makes so good. Yeah. So good. Well, Robin, I think uh, we're going to save the rest for next week because we've got a ton left. But uh, could you just pray over us to close us out? And um, yeah. Uh, you know how to do it. You know what we need. Let's uh, (laughs) pray us out. Well, Father, um, as Andy and I have just talked about you and talked about the people we love and even people that will hear this that we've never met before, Mm. we want every one of them to be encouraged because that is step one into everything else that needs to happen. And, Father, I pray Number one, that you will supply all our needs according to your riches and glory, even if it's in miraculous ways or if it's through each of us. 
And Father, I pray that you will release that gift of peace upon everyone listening. And um, Lord, we love you. We're going to trust you, Lord. Yes, Lord. We don't understand everything. Mm. We don't have all the answers. Sometimes we're not even sure what the questions are. But Mm -hmm. here's what we do know. You're our God. You chose us. We didn't choose you. And you're committed to sustaining us and helping us through whatever comes our way because you love us. Lord, we want to be convinced over and over and over again about how much you care. So we pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Queen City Sermon of the Week. For more information about this recording and other resources, go to queencity.church and follow us on Instagram for live services Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m.